We all have areas in our life we might feel stuck or overwhelmed. So join me, Jenna Zint, habit coach, teacher, and follower of Jesus as we go after little bits of better by building offensively small habits that create big impact. This is the Habit Lab Podcast. Hello. Um, this episode, it's funny, I was planning on recording it later today, but I was vacuuming my house thinking about it and I got all fiery. So I threw down my vacuum and ran upstairs. I'm not dramatizing this and like hit play. So here we go. But I wanted to talk about habits of service and serving. And it's interesting because like, I think a lot of Christians came from their parents generation where almost like Oh, you needed to give everything like 110% to the church and almost like a lot of mentalities of like you earn your spot or position or work hard enough for the Lord's love. And I think a lot of us, like I'm 37, I think our generation learned, you know, has unlearned some of that unhelpful part, but then watching the pendulum swing almost too far in the other direction where like we have gotten out of, and I think different churches are different, but noticing a theme of a lot of us have swung the other direction where we got out of the habit of serving. And even too, like for a lot of us, maybe like we did at certain parts or seasons, but as our seasons shift, our capacity switches, almost this idea we don't have anything to give. And I've been really going after even just in like offensively small habits, like I still the belief that I have nothing to give, even my capacity shifts with little kids or pregnant or I don't know, finances, like I still have something to give. And it's funny because what I've been finding, my husband and I, actually one of our first habits of service was, um, and we go to a big church, Bethel, and there's actually not a ton of options for serving. Like it's more discreet. I think there's something we're going after changing the culture, but we have a lot of paid positions. So it's not like we need you to serve in the children's ministry. You actually can't largely serve in the nursery age because they're all background checked and paid employees because we really care about having a really dialed in culture for that. Um, But so that being said, you actually have to be kind of like intentional and go after finding where you're going to serve and get plugged in. So after we had our first daughter, we like we had a hard time getting back into the rhythm of going to church. And I felt some shame in the past, but being so far out of it and then hearing how common of a theme that is, once you have a newborn and everything kind of changes or you get busier seasons and just wanting time to your family and self. Um, but as we started doing that for a while, just realizing, oh, we're robbing our daughter. Like we have some of these foundational things that doing online church is fine, but she doesn't. And she actually needs to marinate in the culture and hear things and witness, honestly, it being lived out. It's so helpful to, for her to get that little um, perspective while she's in church. So like, oh, we need to go, yes, for ourselves in the corporate, like what happens corporately when we're in the room, but also like uh, for her too. So then we were like, how can we make, how can we get truly back in the habit of going to church? And um, one of our friends was helping lead the pre-married class at our church and they had some small group leaders, like a couple. So I asked them if we could join their, like if they needed any more help. And I think this is one of the things, I think a lot of people, it feels a little bit like, almost like a friendship, you're putting yourself out there. She could have said no. She could have um, said we don't need someone or like maybe something in our marriage or where we were or we hadn't been going to church very regularly. Like it was actually there's an element of risk. And I think 
that inhibits people or maybe in the past they've been told no or had like a painful situation, but it's like, oh, it actually isn't about me or them. I'm serving because I know like it's one of my offerings to the Lord. Like this isn't actually about my church or about me or the leader I'm serving or the ministry. It's actually me and Jesus. And remembering keeping that first was kind of what helped me get over the risk of asking. So then we started volunteering at the pre-married class and it it was just, um, I think it was an eight week commitment twice a year. And we're like, okay, we could do that. But I knew that if it made us regularly eight weeks in a row, get to church, we would, could continue with the momentum and it so worked. So the funny part, so we now we've been, we've actually been helping out with that um, part of our church for eight plus years. But every time we had a baby, we would do the next round of that class because I knew I was like, oh, this is actually, yep, we're serving and we're investing in the future marriages of our community, which is one of the reasons Aaron and I picked that place to serve because I was like, oh, I'm not just serving. It's an area I want to grow in. So me hearing the same content on repeat and marinating, it feels like it was really foundational in some of the reasons um, we were interested in relationship, but some of our initial tools and that just kind of spurred our journey. So you can be strategic about where you serve. And then it just watching like, oh, we actually need this push. I think sometimes the uncomfortableness of like, oh, like of getting, having a commitment, having to show up rushing, maybe the angstiness of getting out the door. In past seasons, I've taken it as feedback as we shouldn't be doing it, but actually realizing like you actually have to push through sometimes. And I know that I push through in a way when someone else is depending on me, when it's just me and my emotions, my like, I don't want to, it's uncomfortable, will win. So Erin and I lean on external accountability a lot for things. Um, so we started, we served for like eight plus years and then eventually we helped co-leading it. And then in the last couple of years we've led it and it's, it's been tremendous. And it's cool because sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, how can you guys do so much? But really every part, part area of our life where we're serving, yes, we're investing and we're not getting paid for it. And it takes time and energy when we are busy, full, like have full lives, but we see the fruit. I just feel so passionately about it. Like, oh, it's actually worth it. And then there's times that like, I think sometimes with service, um, we don't have any direct overseers. So honestly, we don't get thanked for what we do most of the time, you know, occasionally, maybe once a year, someone will say something, but I think it's so easy to let offense slip in to service. Like, does it matter? Does anyone care? Does anyone see this? And with the Lord, like probably about nine or 10 months ago when I was kind of in that spot and I was processing some, it wasn't about this class, but another area I was serving in. And the Lord was like, oh girl, I should find that journal entry. He was like, if it's unto me, if your service, if you check your heart and it's unto me, it never is missed. Oh, I feel a little teary. He's like, everything you do, every yes you show up, every time you don't bail or flake, because even when it's hard and it'd be so easy to justify flaking, like and yes, maybe no one, no other human sees it, but I see it and I count it all. Like It's like he's storing it. It's like coins in my offering to him. And he was like, and that's how you keep your heart safe and out of offense is when your service is unto me and not to your local church or your leader or the people you're serving. I mean, there were semesters, especially right after COVID, where we had more leaders on our team when we were leading it than we did people going. (laughs) There's been so many opportunities that we could have been discouraged or offended, but just knowing like having our eyes so much higher like not on the purpose or fruit that we can just see in the natural, but like, oh no, I know we're called to this. And I have like my eyes on what it means and what we're going after. And that won't deter me when small offenses happen. And the interesting part too of um, 
in serving, I just, I was processing when I was vacuuming (laughs) and just realizing how it goes along with the backwards kingdom. So like one of the things our church talks about a lot is how the kingdom of Jesus is so backwards. So the first will be last, the meek are, you know, sometimes the most fiery. I can't think of another example, (laughs) but you know, you don't earn love. It's just receiving all the things that are so counter what we see. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I had this light bulb moment where I was like, that is true for serving too. It's part of that backwards kingdom culture where we think like almost often when we don't feel like we have anything left to give in our normal life, the idea of serving feels like, oh, that would bankrupt us. I'm already barely, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm already barely surviving. What do you mean asking me to volunteer once a month at that or do this? Like, no. And I think the interesting thing is what I've been finding. And I think people who serve their whole life like happily with a happy heart have found this too. Like actually it's like the secret sauce. When you give your last, you know, like the little bit when you don't think you have more to give, you actually get refreshed in a way that you're like, it's so backwards. It's like I'm giving when I don't think I have left anything left to give, but then I leave feeling more refreshed and I actually have more margin and more like in my tank. And I'm like, oh, isn't that just like the backwards kingdom and principle of heaven. So that would be my challenge is even if you're in a season with small children or survival, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be weekly. I told you we found things that had a start and end date so that we could like dip our toes back into it. It could be something monthly. I think sometimes I would realize like I would count the cost and be like, oh, I think there's a cost. I can't do it. Like for instance, I'd have to miss one service a month as I'm serving there instead of um, with my family, like, ah, oh, that doesn't work. But like, oh, actually there's probably, there is always going to be a cost, but isn't that true of following Jesus? I think the realization of like, when you do it long enough, you'll see that the fruit is worth the cost and the cost is not feedback that it's not possible or not for you in this season. Um, yeah. So just wanted to pre- like to encourage you. And it's funny because Aaron and I were looking and we're like, someone was saying something about us serving and we're like, oh, we don't, we don't do a lot. Like, and then we realized we have Aaron leads men's group. He has for quite a few years. Um, I help out. I'm a deacon. We do this pre-married class. We teach a local. I help out. I've helped out on the women's ministry for like eight plus years. And then we have, um, we teach a, a class at our local ministry school. And the interesting part is one, I hadn't realized any of those were serving <laughs> until someone pointed it out because we get so much more life out of it. And I think that's what I'm saying about the backwards kingdom is that actually when you serve and you give and you don't think you have anything, you actually get refreshed when you're like plugged into the right spot. But then the other thing is no one invited us into any of those spaces. We just came and served where we saw a need. And I've been pondering this idea that oftentimes um, the thing that I've been critical with, like, oh, our church needs to do this better. Um, I helped start a, lo- a mom's ministry for at Bethel Church with a couple of my other friends. And it came out of one day I was complaining about how we don't have connection and Bethel doesn't do a good job of connecting was, if I'm honest, my judgmental thought in worship. And then I felt like the Lord was like, oh yeah, you want to do something about that? And how often <laughs> when I have a critical thought, it's actually because I'm meant to be part of the solution. So instead of staying in judgment, realizing like, oh, I'm part of the answer bearer. And I'm going to like, so now watching all the places we've served is because I've realized there's a weakness and I can add my strength. No one's invited me. They haven't been like, Jenna, you're so special. This is where we need you. And most of the time I'm kind of by myself in those areas, but I'm like, oh, this is where I can lend my strength to my church. And I know that I'm going to get more than I give, even if it has a cost that is not inhibiting me um, to enter in and to serve. So 
yeah, those are just my thoughts. Like actually go after what does it look like? Be creative. Even if it's smaller or less often, like think offensively small ways that you can practice serving. Don't wait for an invite. Don't wait to be seen actually remembering it's for you and Jesus and where maybe even like context clues where you're noticing a lack in your church or your environment. That's where you could be part of the solution rather than judging the lack. Be like, oh, maybe you actually have your solution bearer for that area. So that would be my charge. Go and find a habit of serving. You will get radically, you'll be shocked how much you receive from serving when you pour out. Okay. Have a great week, you guys.